Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 67 of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa Nicola. I am your host. And today, Mark Metry from Humans 2.0 stops by. Hey guys, uh, real quick, Mark. Mark Metry is a great friend of mine. We met over two years ago now. We've been following each other's journeys. I wanted to get him on here and introduce you to what he's doing. He's an absolute phenomenal human, 21 years old and killing it in the podcasting game. Uh, Mark has a global top 100 podcast where he interviews some of the top minds in the world, some of the best um, and most prominent billionaires, business owners, CEOs to find out how their mind works so he can upgrade his mind and his life to human 2.0. Mark shares his journey from being depressed in a unhealthy mindset to how he rose above that and has become a prominent figure, especially on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, he has over 20,000 followers and he's absolutely killing it. He's extremely confident, extremely knowledgeable. I'm so excited to pick his brain. Let's go. I literally cannot be better. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Mark, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests at the start. It is, how do you start your morning? This is so interesting because it changes from time to time, but for me right now, it is um, waking up in the morning and, um, you know, going for a walk outside. And, you know, right before I take that walk, what I try to do is um, I get a glass of water and I put in some lemon and I just go for a walk. I am very intentional about not touching my phone whatsoever other than to hit the stop alarm button. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it's from there, it's me sort of being aligned with my intentions and my goals from you know writing them down, journaling, looking down at what I've written in the past. And then I enter in my mindfulness meditation um, 20 minute session. And then after that, um, I try to get into, uh, I try to go to the gym. I try to, um, if I don't have time, I try to do some other form of exercise. Sometimes it is, um, running. Sometimes it's even yoga and stretching, but you know, that to me kind of seems like the, the perfect trifecta right now. So do you do this every day? Because I'm fascinated and you would know this. I'm fascinated by individuals who are getting up with a morning routine and they're consistently doing something like meditation. Do you do this every single day? I do it every single day. However, you know, I am human. Sometimes I, I like, you know, a day, you know, messes up. Sometimes I, um, you know, screw up. I stay up too late and I, you know, wake up too too late. And, you know, other than that, I want to say about 99.5% of the time, I do this about every single day. Now, I look at you as a high performing individual, and we're going to get into that later into the podcast. But do you feel as though your morning routine sets you up to have a high performing day? 100%. I mean, the entire higher point of it, in my opinion, you know, I, I ended up interviewing this guy, Ed Milet, and he said, you know, in the middle of the day and when we go out in the world, we really don't have much control during the day. And it's like when you can have 
a morning and sort of an evening ritual, whether that's half an hour or an hour or whatever works for you, you know, you're almost sort of building, you know, a calm ocean. Kind of like if you look at the if you look at the ocean, the the bottom, the deep is kind of like this calm, silent thing, but the top is filled with waves. So for me it's just like the routines that I do in the morning and evening, you know, that's what sets the grounding of the ocean, so to speak. So Mm. 100%. I completely agree. I'm so big. I'm always posting about my morning routine and it's because I believe in a morning routine more than I believe in anything else because it sets you up neurologically for your day. So I'm so happy that you shared that with us. Now, what I want to go into is you've become recently obsessed with what I can tell from social media with your diet. Now, I know that you love talking about the gut, which I think is the second brain. Um, how have you modified your diet to help with you know, your gut, your gut health, and your overall well-being? Fantastic question. And I, I love talking about this. So you, you totally nailed it. So kind of when I got started on my wellness journey, like two years ago, I got into Bulletproof um, ketogenics. And, you know, that for me was sort of a lifesaver that really helped, um, you know, manage my symptoms for a lot of mental and physical issues that I was dealing with. Um, but, you know, as time went on, I started to see a lot of them started to, um, you know, come back, different kinds of sinuses, different kinds of sleep issues. And so, you know, I really ended up doing a lot of research on the microbiome. It's kind of like, this is like my my dirty passion. Like when I'm not working on my business or my podcast, I'm just like always doing research. And the reason is, is I ended up, you know, interviewing this guy, Naveen Jain, that, you know, love ended up going, him, by go- the way, love him. I love him to death. <laughs> He's like this billionaire philanthropist, and he actually found this technology that the U.S. government developed in Los Alamos National Lab in New Mexico, which is also where the nuclear bomb was created. And he found this tool that basically, you know, the government, the military made it. So, you know, if, if we're in a city and some kind of a bioterrorist attack happens and they release a chemical agent... And, you know, we need to know exactly what is making somebody sick on a cell-by-cell level. They've created this tool to identify that. So Mm -hmm. Naveen saw that and he said, you know, if they're finding this out, what if I could take this and reverse engineer it to get people healthy? And so, you know, through Naveen's billionaire powers, he was able to actually license out this technology and create this healthcare company called Viome. And so, you know, for the for the people that don't know, I know you know, Louisa, um, you know, just like some quick sort of like facts that I know is that, you know, 90% of the serotonin rece- chemicals that are produced in our body is made in the gut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, serotonin is that, um, you know, receptor that a lot of antidepressants play on. It's, it's kind of known as like the happy molecule. And so when I find that out, when I found that out and when I interviewed Naveen, I was like, whoa. So basically, I ended up doing this microbiome test, and this is actually the world's only functional microbiome test. All the other ones out there, like the American Gut Project, Ubiome, all of those use a totally antiquated technology, and like 23andMe, the food genetics test, all that does is just take a very, very narrow view of what your human bacteria are doing, and then it tells you, you know, what foods to eat. And that's so limited because the matter of the fact is, 
You know, I believe the humans produce around 20,000 genes. That's what our genome expresses. Mm. But yet our microbiome produces up to 2 to 20 million genes. And so if you really encompass that and you actually take a look at the other organisms that are living in there, like viruses, fungi, that has a big, big, big player to get in there. And so, you know, in terms of me and my diet, um, you know, I, you know, I was told to um, just generally kind of like stay away from sugar and, you know, eat fat. And, you know, that's, that's still kind of a lot of what my diet is. But, you know, I, I learned a lot of interesting things. So I learned that, you know, my body doesn't actually process um, a decent amount of plant-based fats well. Things like um, almonds, pistachios, a lot of nuts and seeds, as well as like um, some legumes and lentils. And, you know, just like as in a specific, you know, there's this thing called phytic acid. And it's not a bad thing, but just for me, what Viome has told me after taking a look at my gut is like phytic acid is really bad. And the reason why it's bad for you, Mark, is you actually lack a microbe that process it. And what happens when you eat it is it actually, um, impairs the absorption and utilization of other nutrients. Mm -hmm. And so it is kind of like I was eating all the healthy food, but because I was eating, you know, some certain nuts that contain this, my body wasn't actually absorbing the nutrients. And so mm -hmm. I started to see symptoms like my stomach would hurt a little bit after eating anything. I'd go to the bathroom multiple times a day. Sometimes I would, um, like wake up in the middle of the night and just kind of immediately go to the bathroom. And, you know, I've been doing this kind of like microbiome diet, so to speak, that's unique for me for the last three, four months. And um, all of that stuff is completely gone. I also noticed that my dental health has gotten much, much better because one of the things that phytic acid for me does is, you know, it stops a lot of the circulation in my body. And that's so important for gums. Mm. And so I've been doing this. My gums have improved. Um, I used to get brain fog in the middle of the day. That's completely gone. I'm sleeping like a baby. And wow. it's just like, I think this is so important because, you know, oftentimes we're told to, you know, follow these specific diets. And it's like, yeah, everyone knows don't eat sugar. Everyone knows don't eat processed food. Everyone knows, you know, don't eat, um, you know, crap that contains chemicals that you don't know how to pronounce. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, for me, what I also learned is like there are foods that I was eating a ton of that I should not be eating, like zucchini, uh, spinach, parsley, beets, bell peppers, mustard greens, leeks, green beans, dandelion greens, collard greens, chard. All of these are, are very, very healthy, but they're not healthy for me. And so, you know, this is just really what I found. And, you know, Louisa, you said that you know, the gut is the second brain and, you know, there isn't, I 100% I, I agree, but what I'm about to say, like, you know, I don't think there's a ton of research on this to back it up, but, you know, w when I talked to Naveen, he said that I think we're going to look back at this time and actually found out, find out that the gut is actually our first brain and it dictates a lot of our behavior and what we do during the day. And so for me, kind of like this whole gut microbiome, I've been obsessed with because I've learned that, you know, the more I can take care of my microbiome, the more it takes care of me. It's kind of like, you know, pregnant woman. They mm. say like, you know, hey, watch what you eat because you're eating for two. Well, it's like, hey, you know, you're actually eating for like the other trillion organisms that are in your gut. And depending on what you do with them, they'll help you or they'll hurt you. And, you know, it's actually been found that, you know, there's such a tremendous amount of research that is all really pointing, you know, to what uh, Hippocrates said, you know, thousands of years ago, 
all diseases begin and end in the gut because we now know that a lot of the chronic inflammation that we're now seeing in chronic illnesses actually stems from the gut microbiome. And mm -hmm. so I'm fascinated in this and I you know, continue to um, you know, dive into this as much as I possibly can. Did you know, I, I freaking love everything that you've just said. I Something that you didn't share is that we actually can share a microbiome, which makes it fascinating mm -hmm. for me because you think about the people that you spend the most time with and how you literally become them. It's because we're sharing. I think Naveen actually said this because you share their microbiome in a certain amount of time, the people that you live with. Um, um, and associate with and I found that so incredibly interesting because it really does um, make that whole saying you know you are the the product of the top five people that you hang around and makes that really true yes yes and if you want to take that a step further I was actually interviewing um, dr. Stephen Guntry he he wrote the plant paradox of was also the former president of the American Heart Association and he actually told me that you know, the reason why human beings kiss is so their microbiome can see if they're going to be beneficial and, you know, mutually benefit each other. What? So I think this kind of, yeah, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Oh, I'm going to know so that. I'm going to take that for a ride on Saturday night. Yes, and I think it's just like, you know, this field is just so unbelievably interesting, and I think we've really just, like, cracked open to it. And just if I can go on a little bit more, it's like this Viome test, this technology, this this technology was like only available for people that had like very, very limited clearance. And this stuff used to cost like $10,000. And so I think we're now entering into this age of, you know, we're seeing all this amazing technology, you know, as you know, in the kind of, you know, neural performance biohacking field. And now it's sort of extending into the gut microbiome. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what we uncover as a human species about what is actually going on inside of us. I, I freaking love that. I'm actually going to do that test now that you've brought it up, which actually reminds me, um, I, you know, we do all this biohacking and, you know, we get to understand our gut for one thing, you know, obviously to live a better life, but it's also got to do with longevity. Um, and I know you have interviewed Dave Asprey and, you know, he speaks a lot about longevity and living till over the age of 100. Um, I think that society has its own ideas of aging and what it means to age. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, you know, if you talk to, um, you know, some of the leading experts on sort of longevity, um, you know, they'll actually tell you that, you know, aging is actually a disease. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that, that's really interesting. And, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't, you know, 100% sort of, you know, dove into the research to, you know, be able to talk liberally about it. But, you know, for me, you know, what it's about is, you know, there are people now living longer than ever. But I don't think we should confuse that because there's a lot of people that, um, you know, are 85 years old and, you know, unfortunately, you know, they have dementia, they're in a mm. hospital bed, they are on 15 different drugs that they take, they don't even, um, they can't even tell their family members apart. So it's just like for me, I think that, um, you know, prevention of all the different sorts of chronic illnesses and the different ailments that we're seeing is really the way to go. So, you know, I'm, I'm a young guy, I'm 21 and, you know, they've, they're actually showing now that, um, you know, different diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, all that stuff actually starts in your twenties mm. because it takes a long time through your lifestyle choices. And so, you know, while I see other people my age, um, 
you know, getting hammered every single night with alcohol and just sort of pouring their body with junk food. I'm like trying to take care of this thing, you know, because mm. a couple of years ago, you know, I fell down like this really bad path. I was very depressed. I was very suicidal, to be frank. I was unbelievably anxious. I was socially isolating myself. And, you know, as it turns out, like the more research I did and the more actions I started taking, the decisions that I made, I realized so much of that actually has to do, um, you know, with the stuff that you put in your body. It has to do with 100%. your health, right? So I think it's not necessarily about, you know, waiting until some magic age to get your health together. But it's just like, what do you do now? Because, you know, the investments that you kind of make on a health level will, you know, be able to make you into that, you know, 65-year-old right now that's like running a marathon. Mm. And so, you know, like that's, that's kind of my thoughts on longevity. And it's just like, I'm trying to, you know, d- generally speaking, my audience generally skews younger. And I'm just trying to like hammer this message in because I believe that, you know, we've been kind of fed this blasphemy of, oh yeah, you know, if you're a kid, you can, you can eat whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You got to worry about that stuff when you're older. And it's like, whoa, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Your body, your brain is literally developing right now. Mm. You've actually got to be prioritizing and putting in the best possible raw ingredients, so to speak, to really optimize your, you know, human machine. Mm. And so, you know, in terms of longevity, I just think it's like, I think the human species is going to enter into com- into a completely different projection. Like, honestly, I think Dave Asprey's, um, you know, whatever that is, a uh, projection of him living past 100. I think it's I think, 123. I think like 140. Oh, it was something 140, like that. yeah. I think that, in my opinion, that's actually pretty conservative. I, I plan to live much, much, much longer um, than that. But really, you know, we won't know until, you know, the future happens. So it's just an interesting field to continue to look into for sure. Yeah. Look, thank you so much for being open about your past. And, um, by the looks of it, you've definitely turned around, you know, your life has completely changed, not just from the outside and your internal health, but I, I completely admire you for the credibility that you've gotten on LinkedIn. And I want the audience to know that you've just hit 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. And this all came about because you started a podcast, which is now a top 100 podcast where you interview some of the best minds in the world. I want to cut in there and say that I was one of the guests on your podcast early on. Yes. Um, (laughs) So I will say some of the best minds in the world and you're changing lives by interviewing these people. What what advice can you give us or how can you talk to us about your journey of going from one follower on LinkedIn? And let me tell you, you, and this is for everybody listening, you know, Mark said he himself, he's 21, you're very young, very, very, very young. And you had, you know, you had some self-esteem issues. You said you were depressed. You were going through some suicidal thoughts to go from that, having low self-confidence and then going into building a brand and an identity on LinkedIn, like it's just, it's beautiful. And it shows me that anybody who's going through a rough time can do this. They just have to believe in who they are. They have to find what they love and they have to, what Gary Vaynerchuk says, double down on their strengths. So talk to us about this journey on LinkedIn that you've taken. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, real quick before that, you know, I've really realized that, you know, any kind of outward, any kind of external success has always come from, you know, me reaching a sort of internal level within sort of like a breakthrough or, you know, even a breakdown before that, and then seeing that sort of external success on the outside. And so, you know, for me, 
I actually became aware of LinkedIn at the beginning of 2018 when I interviewed a, a few people on my podcast that you know really mentioned it that ended up using LinkedIn as a platform to um, grow their business, grow their brands, and I really just saw so many um, you know admirable stories of really cool people that were in scenarios that were just like me that ended up using this platform. And, you know, the more and more I dove into it, it's like, you know, what, what makes LinkedIn different? And it's because this, all of the business leaders, all of the decision makers and companies are on LinkedIn. You know, if they're going to have any kind of social network, it's probably not going to be Instagram. Mm. And so, you know, if you just kind of look at the business world, you know, that's how you, you know, build relationships with the business people in order to grow your business, in order to get more clients, in order to, um, you know, get more speaking gigs and events and get more deals with like other brand partnerships and just different things because, you know, LinkedIn is very much going through a revolution right now. And, you know, one thing I'll say is that when I got on the platform, people were making content that was like, you know, hey guys, what's going on? Um, you know, if you want to improve your sales, you got to do these three things. And I just looked at that and I'm just like, you know, I'm just genuinely not interested in making like this black and white business content. So mm. I really started on LinkedIn. You know, at first I, I, I was like a little bit too insecure to post videos of myself or even kind of share my own, um, thoughts. And so for me, I started out by really just promoting my podcast. I would make like these little clips uh, you know, 60 second parts of my podcast episode that I thought were um, valuable. And I'd put like, you know, some subtitles, I put some headlines, and I'd throw them up on there. And, you know, I'd engage with the people that I wanted to see my content. And so, you know, I, I, I remember going, I remember doing this, I'd literally go through the content feed and I'd search podcasts. And I'd look at everyone who has a podcast, everyone who listens to podcasts, and I would just follow them, I would engage with them. And, um, you know, next thing you know, I'm sort of like a top 10 authority on podcasts on LinkedIn, at least when you search podcasts, just on LinkedIn in general, my name pops up like on the first, you know, 10 results, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Amazing. And so for me, LinkedIn has been in the same way my podcast has been a vehicle for me to achieve all of the sorts of uh, business uh, network, um, you know, events, speaking, communication goals that um, you know, I have, and you know, the other part about that is a lot of people are on LinkedIn to like sell a service or sell this particular thing. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all, but here's the thing. When I'm on LinkedIn, I'm promoting my podcast. And so if you can give something valuable to people in that 60 seconds, they're thinking like, Oh man, if, you know, if I just like learned this thing in 60 seconds versus seeing all this other crap on this, all, not crap, but all this other mundane content on LinkedIn, you know, imagine what happens if I actually subscribe to this guy's podcast and I learn more about him and I listen to the full episode. Mm -hmm. And as they do that, you know, they learn more about me, they learn more about the mission. And that's how you really get um, a lot of insane successes that, you know, you really don't think you have. So honestly, LinkedIn for me has been major and, um, you know, I'm continuously doubling and if not tripling down on it, 100% for sure. And the thing I love most, um, is that you don't just share content on yourself. It's not just about me, me, me. It's like, 
you know, here's Naveen, this is what I learned from him. Here's another guy I interviewed, this is what I learned and this is what you can learn about him. It's not all about a photo of you, you know what I mean? And that's, I think, when it comes to social media, um, you know, I've got a personal one and then I've got a business one too. And then I think that's another great um, way to attack it as well. 100% and it's just like... um... You know, one you know one comment I will say on that is like I think you're a hundred percent. It's not just um, about me, 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 me. Because you know, if you're telling your story and you're not giving something else, I don't think there's a point in somebody listening to your story. And the other thing I'll say on that is just like um, you know, on LinkedIn, like I said, there's a lot of business professionals, but you know, they're just humans, mm-hmm. right? They have personal lives. They are interested in this thing. They're interested in that thing. And so I think like just another way that I've sort of gotten success is I talk about things that relate to us for all human beings, whether you're a CEO or, um, you know, a a fitness trainer or um, a sales rep at a company. My main denominator is a human, right? Because my podcast is humans 2.0. It's not, you know, how to be the best salesman or how to do this the best. It's just the common denominator. And I find if you're genuine with that and you're just really honest about it, um, you can really win. And like, just another point, if I can, you know, I started my podcast when I had turned 20 mm. in the self-development field, which is sort of crazy, right? Because self-development is kind of considered for like the elder wise people that actually have life experience. But like you said, I grew into the top 100 and it's not because I know everything. I don't know anything. Yeah. It's you weren't because- going out there preaching. You were doing the interviews. Bingo. And it's like if you can take a seat at the table and learn and just be genuine and authentic about that and not put up a facade of, oh, hey, look at me. I'm this you know, very experienced podcast host and I'm going to give you all these different kinds of tips and tricks. I think you can get a lot of success you know, because you know, I also see a lot of people burning out that way. They try to, try to pretend to be something they're not because mm. they think that's what's actually going to get them success when the reality is if you just be yourself, triple down on your strengths and eventually be persistent and consistent even in the ups and downs, you know, you will be successful mm. on LinkedIn, outside of LinkedIn, just in life in general, 100%. Yeah, that's a, a key point that I would also like to point out as well. Um Okay, so you've been interviewing some of the greatest minds. What do you think is the key uh, I guess what is the what is something that everybody has in common that you have found? Just one point. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a human being, you're guaranteed struggle, you're guaranteed pain. I don't think there's any sort of running away from that. And to kind of segment from that point, um, you know, one of my recent guests, Ed Milet, um, he has an unbelievably successful brand. He, um, you know, is. I think he's like the wealthiest 50 people in the world under the age of 50. And, you know, one thing he told me is that, you know, just like I said, if all humans face suffering and pain, you know, what is the key to evolve? What is the key to go to the next level? The key is to actually feel the pain. Mm. You know, I did this for sure when I sort of went through that dark path in my life. And it's like the issue with it is I wasn't trying to feel the pain. I was trying to run away from the pain. I felt the pain from, you know, not being honest with myself and um, not being aware of some different things in my life. And instead of kind of having a conversation with myself and being transparent, I tried to run away from that, right, in the form of, um, you know, binge eating food, um, you know, video games, binging Netflix. And I see so many people doing that. And so for me, what I've really learned is like, if you can look at that pain and it's unbelievably uncomfortable all the time, always, and it never ends, if you can do that 
it can really, really push you, um, you know, towards growth. And, you know, there's a, there's a distinction between that, right? Because some people, you know, will hear this and they'll say, okay, you know, if I'm obese, um, you know, and I wake up in the morning and I look at the mirror and I call myself like a, a fat ass or I say I'm such a loser, um, you know, there's a fine line. Like you've got to look in the mirror and you've got to be honest with yourself and be like, hey, this isn't me. This mm. is not who I am. I am not, I'm not going to associate my identity with being this big person. I want to be a healthy person. And so if you can sort of pull from both of those ends of having the aspirations of, for example, being a healthy person, the pleasure, and then the other end that's pushing you forward, which is the extremity of your pain, I think that's really how you achieve anything in life and how to actually utilize that one thing that does make us all human, which is pain. Yes, it's moving towards pain or pleasure. Mm. 100%. Now, as we um, come to the end of this, I have to ask you the same question that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. And that is, what is the one piece of advice that you could give somebody to dramatically improve their life? If you had to pick one thing. Hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, so I think it goes without saying, definitely um, take care of your gut microbiome. Check out Viome, V-I-O-M-E.com. And honestly, the other thing that, um, you know, I would say is, you know, one practice that I've done that has really, um, you know, changed the game for me is, you know, sometimes I will, you know, wake up in the morning and, um, I don't want to say I don't feel well, but I will just kind of feel tense. I'll feel like this, like energy, um, buildup, kind of like this block. And so, you know, what I've realized is, one of the ways in which I get that out is, yeah, through meditation, through intentional breathing. But, you know, another one is, you know, being raw and primal with myself. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, that is where, you know, your willpower should be the highest. That is where your energy should be um, theoretically the highest. And what I've learned to do is the way that I can kind of be honest with myself and sort of feel that pain before kind of like the inner critic mark that gets in the way for the rest of the day that wants to make sure everything's perfect is, you know, sometimes, not all the time, I wake up in the morning, I will just grab my journal and I'll do this thing called, um, you know, free flow, um, stream of consciousness writing. Mm -hmm. And I will write and I will write to the point where I sort of lose track of myself and it's just my handwriting. And what I've actually realized is you find out things about yourself that you would never know. You really become aware of um, a lot of the thoughts in your head. And just by doing that again and again, I've realized that, you know, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have like this negative thought that is not in my conscious mind, that is obviously not in my mindset, that I have to actually dig deep down and sort of find. And I find that when I do that, it's sort of like, Um, you know, removes the blockages for the rest of the day and it allows, I don't want to be corny, but, you know, kind of Mark Metry version 2.0 to be his, you know, true successful self, you know, throughout the rest of the day. And so, you know, that's just a tip that 
I don't really hear a lot of people talking about. And so, you know, I think if you sort of experiment with that, sometimes, um, you know, it'll be a good sort of thing, especially for um, those of us that, you know, are in a lot of different kinds of, um, you know, consistent morning routines and, and different habits. Because I think those are definitely well, and you've got to be intentional about them. But I think a lot of us can just sort of wake up and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times where you need to do that. But I think there are times where you also need to sort of, um, you know, stop and become sort of honest with yourself. And I find for me, every time I sort of do that on a holistic level, I sort of, you know, gain a next level of, you know, who I am on the inside, which then ends up leading to a sort of external breakthrough um, on the outside. I love your nuggets of gold, Mark. Where can, um, where can we find you to find more of these nuggets of gold? Yes, yeah, so um, I've decided that the best way that I can scale myself is by having a podcast. And so I have a daily podcast called Humans 2.0. Just search that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I'm very responsive on um, LinkedIn and Instagram. Just search my name, Mark Metry. Um, and then you'll also have the ability to email me. And if you email me, I'm 100% responsive. Oh, you're incredible. Mark, thank you so much for being on the Neuro Experience podcast. I love your work. Keep doing it. And I'll catch up with you soon. Woo! Woo! Fantastic.